Welcome, welcome back to Oliverberg Podcast. Uh, me and my boy Chris are holding it down this week. Um, uh, not to, well, I don't think they need to know behind the scenes stuff, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're back for y'all. We're gonna give you an episode Black History Month. Before I do that, Chris, how's the week been? Uh, long. <laughs> Even though it was a short week, it feels like it's been a long week and a tiring week. Uh, I got two kind of long homework assignments due. I, I mean, I've already started working on them, but like one's due uh, tomorrow at midnight and then the other one's due on Monday at midnight just for me to like start working work. I mean, I've already started working on it, but like actual working on this uh, project that we get like a week for and we have like a, to write a paper for it and have a mini presentation. Presentation only has to be like three minutes, but you know, okay. I feel you, man. Um, right now, oh, this week's been a very stressful week for me. Um, but I'm here. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we here. We're back. Um, and yeah, uh, this episode, you know, we're gonna focus on the importance of Black History Month. Um, the past three weeks, we've given you and dedicated episodes to different. Uh, or categories of Black history, comedy, uh, athletes, musicians, entertainers. So this week, we wanted to talk about just the importance of Black History Month. Uh, and I'll start for me. I just think Black History Month is a month that we reflect on the people that paved the way and sacrificed for us. Um, we honored musicians, you know, that are the soundtrack of like our everyday lives we listen to every day. Like when we had Swamalan and Shaq on, we um and when we had um what's his name? Dion on we talked about athletes that inspired us, you know, that we go crazy on watching they're entertainers too. Because we watch and we get inspired by them. And then we started off with comedians who give us, you know, you know, that comedy to, you know, get us away from our everyday lives, you know, give us a chuckle there, not to, you know, not to think deeply, but, you know, also be real about life too, in a comedic way. There's some comedians that are real about life and it's funny and it's relatable. So honoring those people that, um, you know, they sacrifice for us, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, whether it be political activists in the 60s, 50s, Obviously, our ancestors, you know, a lot of them that didn't get credit or their name isn't in, you know, in history because, you know, it's predated, you know, or all the black inventors. Yes, black inventors that don't get credited. You know, it's time to realize their worth, what their worth was and how they paved the way for us to be where we're at today. So that's what I would say the importance of Black History Month This, Chris. Uh, yeah, I mean, you covered a lot of the points I was going to say. So uh, just to keep it a little bit more brief there, um, Black History Month is kind of like a time for us to just reflect on our past and look back at our forefathers and foremothers, our ancestors. Um, remember, like, where we were, remember how it was, and then to also, like, 
not not to dwell so much on the past, but to also like look into like the future, see like where we will be, how we'll get there, and possibly you know like if we can even like try to timetable it for like when we get there, you know. Um, I feel like we have to use Black History Month as kind of like a like like you know like some people have like a spring cleaning like they wait till spring to do whatever type of big cleaning they need to do like yeah. in the sense that we need to use Black History Month in the sense of like okay guys like we we had those we had those ideas last year let's come together and see what uh see what looked good still what still stands and see what we need to keep pushing and what what can be set on the back burner and and what what what's what's like what's important right now for us to push forward type of type of deal and that that's kind of like what black history month is and can be to me yeah i liked um a lot of what you said you know especially about pushing the future forward for the next mm-hmm. generations, um, because you know you have to realize, you know, I'm not sure that they, I could honestly research that today. But when we started Black History, one, you know, the start of Black History Month was, but people have to also realize, you know, as Black um, people, African people, African descendants, Black people, we've only been given rights for about 50 years. Right, and freedom of independence for the colonial countries. Some of them ain't for, like 40, 50 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I can personally say my grandmother is older than the independence of Ghana. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Which is crazy if you think mm-hmm. about it. So even in this country, like my, uh, I, yeah, I think even like when my parents were young, segregation. <laughs> In this country was still a thing. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the thing where, you know, different eras and different things have happened, whether it be in the 60s, the civil rights movement, um, segregation, segregation laws, you know, then the crack era within that, you know, I'm, if I'm getting my timeline a little mixed, but the crack and cocaine era, and then... You know, and then you know the the essence of hip hop and black music gets bigger, and then black on black crime. It's always been issues, but within that, we still show how valuable we are to society. Um, and that to me is an amazing thing. Like I always say, so if all of these foot all of these traps I'm putting our way, how big of people will we be? Because a lot of people that have been set with these traps, different cultures, they can't survive or they'd be hard to survive. So sometimes I look at black people, African people and, you know, Caribbean and all that, or we've spread all around this globe because of, you know, colonialism and slavery and all of that. For us to achieve what we've achieved still is very mind-boggling. And only just shows you that, like, if we had, you know, the opportunities, then what would we be now? 
you know. But it's always about moving forward. Yeah, so that that's what I would say. Uh, and like uh, you know, one of those things like remember the t- remember the past, but don't dwell on it. Cause um, even for me, I'm watching um, I'm watching show. I, I was watching the Kanye documentary, mm-hmm. and you know, I'll talk about how he is now next week. Um, when it's past Black History Month, and I'm allowed to give Bozo of the week, but um, just to see his beginnings in Chicago and to see him become what he became. Very inspirational. You know what I'm saying? I would advise people to watch that documentary because it shows a guy at a time that shouldn't have been where he was at. Yeah, I'll probably watch that. Uh, maybe not next week, but I think the week after I'll be, it's my last week of class, so I'll probably watch it around then. Yeah. If you watch it, it also shows you the times within back then, because like he was a rapper that was like he was a producer at first, mm-hmm. but when he wanted to rap, people didn't know what category to put him in to sign him. Yeah, not to mention he had the stigma of already being a uh, producer. They they don't want they don't want to wear too many hats. Yeah, and the thing is like. Where do you segment him at that time? Because you have to think 2001, 2002. You were either conscious or you were either like a conscious underground rapper or you were the, uh, the thug, bling, bling, tough guy rapper. Mm-hmm. With the, uh, what, what were they wearing at the time? With the throwbacks. With the throwback shirts. Mm-hmm. So like, how was he going to be like marketed? How was he going to be promoted? How were they going to put him out? And also the label he wanted to like sign with Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw in the documentary, there was like a picture of like all of them, all of them taking a picture or whatever. All of them are wearing like, um, like the big two X, three X jerseys with the hat and the, like, you know, how they, and the jewelry. Mm-hmm. He's the only dude wearing like a polo shirt <laughs> with the rock. I'm like, and they're talking to him like, like no, they obviously cool, but they mm-hmm. were talking to him like he was a producer rapper. Yeah. They weren't even taking them serious. They're like, and this was when, um, not to get like old or whatever. This is when like PD Crack. A lot of people don't know who PD Crack was. They were going to take PD Crack more seriously than um fucking. I mean, than Kanye West. PD Crack was you know a Philly artist. Under like Beanie Siegel. They wanted to take him seriously. They were like, hey, yo, Kanye, we know you're a rapper, producer, whatever. Produce Petey Crack album in LA. Because they, they didn't want him as like a rapper. Because mm-hmm. they like, how are we going to like put you in like, they weren't even sure if he could rap. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so like you saw him like grind. Like I remember there was one part they had, uh, him, he was in the studio with Jay-Z and he wanted to get on Jay-Z's record, right? Mm-hmm. Rapped in front of Jay-Z and Jay-Z was like, okay, okay. And then like he actually laid the vocals. Jay-Z told him like, closed mouths don't get fed. If you hadn't said anything, you wouldn't have been on the song. So it's like, 
he has to like you know he had to like really you know mm-hmm. step up yeah you know what i said to get where he was at and when they finally signed him before he got into the accident when he was working on his album right mm-hmm. he paid for all of that out of pocket they put Pre- wait zero. hold on hold on hold on you say he paid they paid for for all that all they paid for all he paid for all that out of pocket yeah they they contributed zero dollars to when he was working on the album the first video through the wire he paid he said he paid like thirty three thousand dollars out of his out of they did not invest in him at all but you can hear you can hear the and living through the wire is one of my favorite songs for Kanye West. Just not even for the lyrics or the music or anything. It's just because, like, you can, at least to me, like, and like you can, I, I could, I could honestly feel his passion in that song. Even when I was younger, I was just like, wow. It's just like, I just like it's just like something that you could just always feel like this guy is really trying his best on here. This is his one and only hope. And while exactly. I couldn't like why I couldn't like necessarily like uh feel that like as a kid, I could always just feel like there was like a sensation to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like well, I remember when I heard that record, I said, like, Who's this dude? Wait, wait. He sounds like like you said, very passionate. Very, very, very passionate. Like, you know what I'm saying? I remember I think I remember the fir- first time I heard Kanye was on the radio. Mm-hmm. It was on the radio, and I heard through the wire. That was the first time I heard of Kanye, and then obviously you know the other songs came out. But I'm just, like, I'm saying this story because it's like to see how hard a black man had to work in an industry that he was kind of like not fit for at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, around old 2000, 2001. The stereotypical rapper was wearing Tim's. Like everybody was fucking segmented. If you were from New York, throwback jersey, Tim's, talking about being tough. If you're from LA, you know, uh, you snooping them like the, the the Crips and the Bloods or the yeah. what's the shit they were wearing. Wherever it's set to six you fours or whatever. Every, everywhere you were from, they segmented you. And like he's from Chicago, and he's not acting like the niggas from Chicago, like. No, he he's part of a different breed than they were. No, cause like them niggas like common, most deaf. They didn't wear jewelry. Mm-mm. They didn't wear like fancy shit. He was the honestly the first rapper that was like I don't know, like he was somewhat underground, but wanted mm-hmm. to be tough and wear yeah. the, the flash. It was weird, like, but for him to uh, put himself in a. Um, trying to market himself in his own way that was different it kind of paved the way for like um lupe fiesco drake you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. j cole kendrick because like if you think I, I always say like well to be honest i think kendrick was gonna be fine regardless Cause just just from pure talent wise, cause he's I, still a rapper, rapper, and like he's 
he he's he like he's front he's out from that way anyway. They would have found him eventually. I, I agree. I, I agree with you as far as hip hop purists. Mm-hmm. Fuck with him, but I think the doors wouldn't have been open for him if it wasn't for Kanye. Because we gotta think like this, right? If you put Kendrick back, if you, and this is for J Cole too. If you put J Cole and Kendrick right back in the time Kanye came out, mm-hmm. it would have been most stuff for Tyler Kwali. Yeah, but may well only maybe though, because like. You gotta also remember, like when when Kendrick first came out, he was kind of different from how he is now. But, and this is where, like, I have to if if Kanye wasn't there to open the door for people to listen to different a different guy, do you think that would have been there? Because now, then more than ever, conscious rap. People be like, oh, conscious rap, that's the rip. Mm-hmm. Back then, conscious rap was underground rap. That oh, was yeah. mainstream. That was something. So the fact that they're like mainstream with conscious rap, kind of opened the door for that. Yeah, but I also feel like it like the biggest, the biggest thing for conscious rap to even be like looked at as it is is like the producing, which, which to be fair, Kanye was, you know. Producing a lot of that stuff, but like, like today's world is like the perfect, uh, <laughs> like the perfect example of as long as that beat is fire, people really don't care whether it yeah. be conscious or not. Now, yeah. now, don't get me wrong; like conscious rap is you know like been a plus for a lot of these people because, but at the same time, you're not going to hear like a lot of Kendrick in the club, not going to hear a lot of J Cole in the club or whatever, anything like that. It's not clubbing music, which is fine. This is not not that type of venue. But here's 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 why I say Kanye like opened the like kind of like opened the door because it's like he made it like say a song like um what's the song he did with Jamie Foxx? Get down, girl, go ahead, get the um oh, uh, uh gold digger. Gold digger, right? That paved the way for like uh what's the song that Kendrick did? swimming pools or like a song that could like hit radio or like a deep now what's it called humble right a song that could be talking about something real or talking about situations but then you could I would, play I would say swimming pools if swimming pools is the one where he has the monologue and at the end where he was talking about his granddaddy uh with yeah. down Right at the at the, yeah, yeah. At the at the end of it, I would I would argue to say that's that's actually more like West Coast inspired though, because that's almost similar to like a lot of the uh, a lot of like uh, NWA stuff. Not necessarily with like the message, okay. but like just just the way it's 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 formatted. Okay, the way okay, but I, I I'm just saying, like, cause I'm just thinking of like how records how he changed the perception of like you putting out a wreck. Like at first, like, like I was saying, you were either segmented, right? Now when Kanye came, they weren't segmenting rappers anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is like, if it wasn't for Kanye, maybe Kendrick and J Cole are segmented to like, 
underground rap. And they can't get to that point where like mainstream looks at them right in a different route. And that's I think that was my point. Fair enough. Fair enough. Cause like he's the first rapper. Like I, I he's the first rapper to really like. Yeah, he's the like every even Bow Wow was segmented. <laughs> like I'm just thinking about like you know every rapper. Like he changed that perception because he could get on any song, mm-hmm. and then you look at Drake. He does every type of song. Like, he's took it to another level. Drake is a different animal. I don't even want to. That could be a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, he he took it to a whole nother level. You know what I'm saying? But you know that that that's why I look at him, even though he's a mess right now with the way he acts. We'll, we'll talk about that because we're on. Actually, we're kind of honoring this this guy right now. So people are gonna hear. Oh my God, you're talking nice about Kanye. Well, I mean, next week is not gonna mess of us talking about him here. So or however long this little uh, segment we were talking about him was. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna be like, "Oh, you talking that next week? Oh boy." I said we're gonna honor black people this month, but next week after all the <laughs> stuff he's been doing, this boss all the week is gonna be very, very, very entertaining. But you lift I them brought up, up them back down, or lift them up to break them down. That's what we do here. That was yeah, but I brought that story up just to say, like, you know, as black, um, iconic black people, what they've done, now they've changed, you know, the dynamic of music. He's a guy that's, even though he's controversial, even though he's crazy, even though he has a problem clearly right now, you can't deny his impact. On not just music, but culture. Whether it's whether he says wild shit or like he says the realest shit, he impacts culture. Like, yeah, my brother wearing these weird pants where they 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 come out the. Yeah, I'm yeah I'm calling you out, Sean. You were wearing that those pants with the they were, you know those pants that they had holes in it, and they look like they were zombies. At one point, this is when the Yeezys first came out. This is like when the Adidas Yeezys like came zombies. out. Yeah, like he had he had those shirts where like oh the the homeless wear the homeless yeah wear? yeah that that and the pants. My brother got one of those pants. Sean, yeah, I'm calling you out. I don't know if it was actually wear. called homeless wear. That's what I just used to call. It. Yeah, he 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 can actually get people to wear that stuff. Yeah blows my mind but yeah he's definitely um yeah catch that doc it, it, it's good for it'll make you love kanye you it'll make you miss a certain it'll you'll miss kanye because that honestly that album to me is amazing college dropout mm-hmm. amazing another classic album but yeah that's just to inspire y'all but um you know black history we definitely have to give credit to, you know, the people that, you know, paved the way for us, you know, whether it be, you know, especially the political activists, Martin Luther King, um, Malcolm X, Angela Davis, uh, Salil Tyson, all, all people, you know, that are, you know, they made a sacrifice, Muhammad Ali, I'll no, pay the way about. for us to uh, live our 
even 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 if in, in rougher situations, we're relatively privileged to how we once were. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you know. Nelson Mandela is another one. Kwame Kruma in Africa. I'm just gonna mention some African ones, but you know, some of the stuff they had to go through. And this is why I always say generation upon generation is like things change, things evolve. These were tough-minded people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just feel like, you know, the generations after, we have to do our due diligence in respecting the people that came before us. You know? Because there's no us without them. So I, I encourage you, um, young kids, please stop calling people old. Wait. Why stop calling people old? <laughs> no, you know what I mean, Chris. Stop call, stop the when not 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 calling them old, but like when you don't when you don't agree on something or when like how do I explain this? There's a general like I don't I'm if it's Gen Z or like the younger millennials, they have a tendency of like, oh them old Nick, oh them old dudes, what do they know? That type of energy. If you get what I'm saying? Okay, well, that's what I say. That's, that's different right there. Just stop. stop that that be a um. I don't know. Maybe just stop being ageist or stop being uh. Stop, stop using ignorance as an excuse to do uh dumb things. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Do your research on things before you start talking. That too. That's something I really hate. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Uh, with and I've seen it with athletes and musicians. They just they, they'll just say something. I remember. Uh, sorry, I'm, you know we're going on a little tangent, but I remember DK Metcalf. He called uh, Shannon Sharp an old hater, and he said, "You haven't done anything that I haven't done." Hall of Famer, Shannon. Shannon. It's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Do your googles. You have to. Just, all I have to do is Google, man. Before you tweet, Google something. <laughs> Man, like stuff, it's stuff like that that just like Hall of Famer for a reason. Yeah, DK, you got talent. I ain't always be one of the most talented receivers in the game right now. Top but five, not Shannon Sharp, but Shannon Sharp, and, and not to mention he he's still pretty young in his career. We don't actually know DK gonna stay hot. A lot of these yeah. guys these days, like they they get hot, and then all of a sudden they just fizzle out. What's it called? Who fizzled? Oh man, a lot. Odell, I'm not gonna say that about Odell, but a lot of these. No, guys Odell are... just has a hard time with quarterbacks. Mm. I could well, apart from Matthew Stafford, I would say he's never had an elite quarterback. That's true. <laughs> Eli, he did well with Eli though. I'll give him that. Eli wasn't the greatest quarterback, but he did well with that. Eli, Eli likes runaway balls or home runs, you know, like like he just throws it and doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, we'll, one day we'll have a conversation because Eli is the most weirdest quarterback in NFL history. Literally the most mm-hmm. weird. He is, the, like, if you look at his regular season, he is a average quarterback. But this guy in the playoffs beat Tom Brady twice. Never, that would never make sense to me. But 
um, you know, I, yeah, I would just advise, you know, the younger generation, do your research. I wouldn't say like, let the elderly walk all over you out of respect, but still have that due diligence to be respectful. Think and think before you act. Exactly. Yep. Like, like if somebody's telling you something and you're not going to take it at face value, think about why they're saying this, think about how this came up to be. I'm not saying you got to do this all in the same, like, you know, like instance, because, you know, that take a little time to, uh, to do, but, you know, just be wise in your actions. Yeah. And because I, I remember, was it a couple years ago, these newer guys that were in the music industry, they just kept setting themselves up by saying, and I'm not going to knock them because they were young. And a lot of these older people should have told them, like should have advised them. But a lot of them were saying Biggie this and Tupac this and Jay-Z's old. And like, you know, just it was a division. Mm-hmm. Right. So I would just advise the newer generation. You don't have to like the older stuff. But do your respect whenever that's brought up. Do your due diligence to know research. Know the history. If you're going to be in something, a profession, you should at least know the history. Or be, be you know, like surface level familiar with it. Exactly. Least. Like, you don't have to, like, because I, I remember Nas said, how do you not know Melly Mel? Melly Mel is like pretty, even people a little bit older than us, we didn't really know Melly Mel. You don't have to know Melly Mel. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would like, it would be cool if you did. Because that shows your due diligence to the craft. But mm-hmm. if you don't know who Tupac and Biggie is, or Nas or Jay-Z, or like, fuck it, there's going to be a time where people are going to say Wayne. If mm-hmm. you don't know these people, please don't do hip-hop no more. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing if somebody comes up to you, like, like asking if you know, like, Grandmaster Flash. As opposed to like somebody asking you, hey, have you ever heard of Tupac? Tupac is still like relevant in culture today. Not to say Grandmaster Flash doesn't like get like somebody have like have somebody making like a reference or something every once in a while. Yeah. Though very seldom actually uh, in the so. world. But it does, uh, you know, every once in a while come up. Yeah. Uh, but you know, nobody, nobody's gonna be like, "Yo, that's wild." <laughs> you, you don't, you, you don't get that. You don't get that reference, Grandmaster Flash. You, you never, you never heard of that. No, nobody's gonna get. No, nobody's gonna be on you for that. But everybody's gonna be on you if you don't understand Tupac. Yeah, and like, you his know, peers are still alive today. Yeah, and like, well, I mean, Grandmaster Flashes are too, but you know, like they're our grandparents' age. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, you don't have to know DJ Cool Herc. Or the Furious Five, or like even the I'll say some of the '80s guys like KRS One and Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? These are guys I like. I don't expect the newer generation to know like that. So I, I'll say, do you do still do your due diligence to know the history of the shit? But you don't have to know that. But when I came to Frost, I have a story. After I came to Frostburg, this is my first semester, right? I saw this kid wearing pink, right? Saw this kid, and I was like, hey, "Yo, something about like, hey, yo." So, you, and I know him a little bit. I knew him just a little bit. So I was like, "Hey, yo, so you wearing pink like Cameron, right?" He's like, "Who's Cameron?" Mm-hmm. 
I don't know who Cameron. I'm like, Dipset, you don't know Dipset. No, what's that? <laughs> what's that? I, and I that was the first time I looked at myself. I looked myself in the mirror. I was like, either I'm old or these people don't know nothing. Don't know who Cameron is. Well, to be fair, if, if it's kind of like coming out of nowhere. I mean, granted, he was wearing the pink, so you know, like it'd be like camera. Like my mom has even made that uh, reference to me before when she was trying to get me to wear uh, some pink something or another. When I was young, yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, that's cool," but I'm not. I, I'm not camera. <laughs> it was my response to that, but um, uh, you know, like not not everybody's gonna get like every uh, every reference because like we we assume like as black people like we get all the same references like. But we we don't we haven't always always like yeah. consumed like the same amount of okay. uh, uh, stuff like like his his dude's experience with uh, Dipset might only been on the radio and that's it. But he said he don't know who Cameron like I get you don't know the reference. He don't know who Cameron is at all. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like like if 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 you only knew like from the radio and you just and you just hear somebody talking about like like Cameron, you like Cameron who. <laughs> I go with you, yeah, bro, uh, you, see, you see what I'm saying? Like, like if, yeah. if, you, if, if you don't never see no, if you don't like see somebody like put put a name to the face, you don't you don't you don't get none of that type of stuff. You'd be like, okay, so I'm dressed like somebody named Cameron or excuse me, Cameron. You said it was Cameron. Yeah. So you see, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I somebody see might not get that. Yeah. yeah. Unless you know, like they're watching like uh, BT, like <laughs> two thousand and two. None of them, and that's another thing. Nobody, I, I, if if I, uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody at the. I'm probably one of the few people my age that watched One Hundred Six and Park in two thousand and two, when AJ will, and Free was. Uh, I will. I don't think I even lived in the states in two thousand and two. Yeah. No, I didn't. But I figured, and a lot of disconnect that I have with people is that I was allowed to watch things that a lot of kids weren't. That too. So I was allowed to watch BT and MTV and those music videos. A lot of people had to sneak. I'm saying my my dad actually bought those albums. <laughs> like my mom listened. My she didn't like the CDs, but she listens to the stuff on the radio. So like, I wasn't restricted like other people were. So. That's why I know what I know, but you know, back to the conversation in hand. Like, this is the importance of knowing Black history, right? <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying. So you, so you know, know your history. Like, in everything you do, know your history. That, 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 that's that's the, what I want people to get out of what we're talking about today. Know your history, man. It is important, right? You know Which is even kind of like knowing your history is also kind of like why. Even before, you know, well, not before Black Lives Matter stuff, because as you know, it's always been a thing. But um, before it was, you know, in the in the uh, what's it called, the media and the um, in the spotlight. I can't I can't think of what it's called right now. But you know what I'm saying? Like before, it was like truly like like highlighted with uh, Trayvon Martin when he died. Um, it was always. Huh? You're talking police brutality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking about police brutality, but I was trying to think of like uh uh the media reference for like when when mainstream media. That's that's what I was thinking about. Okay. 
before it was part of like mainstream media and, and uh, Trayvon Martin died. Like my parents would always tell me, be careful around the police. Why? Because we know our history. We can go back and see like the police have never like historically not and not all police. Cause I've met a plethora of like police officers who have actually helped me help me just in general. Not 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 like I've been in like any like legal trouble or anything, but just like, you know, like being a kid, they would uh, help and stuff. But um, I've also met probably just as many, if not more, who've uh, not tried to, you know, do me any well, especially uh, one in, in mind, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like oh, he, stopped me, he stopped me for for an hour for a uh, headlight that was out. That sounds crazy, right? Um, <laughs> and that wasn't the first time. Go ahead. That mm-hmm. reminds me of a time when me, Mike, and Gerard were in West. I'll tell you off camera. We're in West Virginia. There was a funny... Wow. Funny story, but go. Yeah, no. Uh, but it's just you know, being black, we understand. We have to understand like our relationship with the uh, law enforcement. Like that's why. That's why it's like uh, when people saw all those videos about when you see the police do your best to comply. It wasn't saying like we need to like bend down <laughs> and and do their bidding or or. Uh, like just comply because like we're we're so willing and or, or we're so scared. We're just we know, we understand the consequence. We understand what can happen. Not to say that's everybody. Not to say it's even half of them. Not to say it's not to even say it's twenty five percent. It could be a small minority. I don't know. Yeah, but regardless, you have to be. You have to always mind your p's and q's when dealing with the police because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know who that person is, typically. And so, for your life and for who is ever riding with you, you know, well-being, and for your family's well-being, just to know that you're okay, that you have to some at least to a degree be prepared to be pulled over by the time you get into the car. That That's how I was prepared. Like, I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but I always make sure my wallet is out visible. I make sure like <laughs> I keep my hands, my hands out on the steering wheel until the police officer gets there. And then when they get there, I roll down the window. I make sure my car is turned all the way off. I'm, I, you know, just, just in case like I get pulled over. I, I'm not, I don't get pulled over often. It's been four years or three years, I guess, but still. Yeah, I've never been personally pulled four over. Years, four years. I've never been pulled over before, mm-hmm. but I've had Karen's call the police on me about two times. Three times, actually. I have to include the middle school one. So I know how it is um, to have the police being called on you. And it's not the coolest thing. It's very, very sad that, especially because I'm a dark skinned guy. So, you know, it's. Uh, so I have you could be to, taken as aggressive. Yeah, I'll be taken as aggressive. So I have to be extra careful. <laughs> I have to be extra careful because they look at us like what's the character? I'm thinking of one character that have you ever watched um what's the what's the movie with uh, Wesley Snipes in it? Was it's uh New Jack City. New Jack City. 
We're never seen all the way through. If you look at Wesley Snipes' character, they look at all dark skinned guys like that. Mm-hmm. We don't give a fuck about nobody. We some aggressive dudes. We don't care about women. We just some cheating dudes. We'll go against the law and fight against the. You know, that's that's how they look at dark skinned brothers. Mm-hmm. So for me, I know I have to be extra careful. I I, I hate in my the way my mindset is. I don't like it that I have to kind of like I have to be treated differently than people that are lighter than me. I hate that. So part of me is always on some like aggressive, like part of me when people try to do that, like I feel like like in my mind, I'm like a little more aggressive. Mm -hmm. But one of those things where you're like, do I want I know my pride, I know my pride, but do I, I also want to I also want to live. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You white folks can't get that old temper tantrum and say, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call your deputy and I'm gonna report you. What you're doing is uh, infringing against my rights. We can't do that. We, we can't. I, I remember one uh it's it's a, it's a TV show, uh All American, right? And I don't mean to be on this colorism stuff, but the black dark skin dude, like, you know, there was one character, like, he's half white, half black. The mother's white. He's, he's light skin dude, and he's driving with his, like, fancy car on the road, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a dark skin dude that, like, you know, they took him in from Crenshaw in the hood. They stopped him. Light skin dude, know his mom is, like, a lawyer and, you know, a big, you know, what's it called? So he's like, I'm gonna tell my mother on you. And they put him, they treat him like a nigga. <laughs> but the black dude was like, yo, shut up. Man. Keep quiet, man. Stop doing all that. And he complied. So, you know, there's a difference, you know what I'm saying? There's a difference about which people feel, how comfortable different people feel. But they will remind you that all black people are black people. They were reminding, and that was a reminder for him. You know what I'm saying? Just because you you have a white mother, they see a little pinch of black in you, they're going to rough you up just like how they roughed up the dark brother. So, you know, for me, you know what I'm saying? It's, we just have to, you know, obviously fight. I'm not, I'm never, I fight the system that allows this, but as all black people, we just have to be careful, man. Mm-hmm. Be careful, like, because I love every, I have no hatred against white folks or any other culture. But as far as respect, we're the culture that doesn't get respect at all. We're the culture that gets appropriated all the time. We're the culture that'll help, but not get held back. We're the culture that you need, but you don't like. Like, you need us, but you don't like us. <laughs> they wear those kente cloths, but then they won't pass that uh, black bill. I can't exactly remember what uh, which one it was. But it, I, I was, we actually talked about it about a year ago. Yeah. It was, uh, like, no, go no, ahead. Because no, no. you, you probably have a better memory of it than I did. And they okay. also didn't pass the anti-lynching uh, law either, I don't believe. Or exactly. When those anti-lynching bill. I know what you're talking about. When Na- I think it was Nancy something. 
know, she was wearing a kente. Yeah. Wearing a kente and she was kneeling. And I'm like, and this is the thing with me, uh, and I, this may sound out, out of there, but some of y'all, excuse me, excuse me, what I'm about to say, y'all white women, y'all want black men, right? And y'all like been chasing us, but y'all won't help us, but y'all the same people that are putting us in jail for profit. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's her whole wardrobe could be daishikis and full of daishikis and kente cloths and whatever other African garb you think will make you seem like you are, you know, like of that culture that you're trying to portray yourself of being. But if your actions don't follow, then it means zero to us. Is what it what it should be, and you would think. That they would get that at you know in 2022, but no. sadly it does not seem to be the case. It, it, it doesn't translate. Sorry if we sound like Doctor Umar. It's not bit. even Doctor Umar because Doctor Umar, you know, be uh, saying something else. But you know, that's he just goes, that's, that's literally just saying the fact. Yeah, he says these things, but he goes a little too far. Yeah, as, yeah, you, you, know, you know, you know, our, uh, at least my feelings on Doctor Umar. I haven't actually watched him since the last time we talked about him, but I'm sure it's more of the same. Uh, I, I, I'm, he's not bad to black culture. I'm not going to ever say he's bad to black culture. I will say this. He's not a threat either, but he's becoming a comedy show with some of the stuff he says. It's almost like he's on... <laughs> But he really says, like, remember, remember back in the day when, like, in Living Color had those skits of, like, those black righteous people that would just say a bunch of, like, funny nonsense. It's, like, funny nonsense. Like, the Wayans would say, like, um, I forgot. I'm just trying to think of them. But, like, those extreme, like, skits back in the day of black leaders or whatever, that's what he's kind of becoming. Yeah, you know, he does say some real. I, I listen. I still like some of the stuff he says, but there was one thing he said the other day that had me crying, laughing. Like you might have to bleep this part, Chris. So, yeah, there was one. <laughs> there he was on alive, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> there was a bunch of white women in there, right? <laughs> so he was like, and I think one of them asked him, "Why don't you like us white people?" And he was like, "And why won't you like mate with us?" And he was like, "Is that another Neanderthal?" Wow. <laughs> what is that? Is that so- another Neanderthal? I'm not gonna, you know, believe that because it's not. He didn't say nothing. Uh, he, his verbiage wasn't wrong. I mean, how do I say this? He didn't say no bad words or or like anything derogatory. It was just uh, no, that is derogatory the way he used it though. The way he used it, but I was like, "Hey, yo, st- I don't know how to take that." I guess. I mean, yeah, I know I how to take that. Like that was clearly meant to be an insult to her. I'm gonna just leave it in. Y'all just y'all are gonna hear that. That's fine. Yeah, it's too like, bro. 
like some of the videos, consciousness over coochie. Like, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, Yo, what, what? What are you talking about, B? Like, snow bunny crisis. You are suffering from the snow bunny crisis. Your pastor is the new FBI agent. Like, <laughs> like, no, bro. Like, I'm sorry. He's like, he's a good brother, but he's just becoming, he's becoming like a comedy sketch, man. It's <laughs> I feel like that's his thing, though. Like, he knows if he does stuff like that, people will always listen to him. Oh, my God. Which is kind of genius in that aspect. It, it is, it is because it it's it's hilarious, bro. Like you know, shout out to him. He's you know he's a good brother and everything. We are, we don't agree with everything he says. We're not. When, you know, I just want to put that out there for people. We're not co-signing everything he says, but there are some things he says that are relevant in culture that mm-hmm. make sense. So we'll give him that. Shout out to Dr. But um, yeah, back to the topic on hand. <laughs> I know I just went, you know, but um, you know, as far as you know, you know, we're talking about, you know, political figures and you know, just living as black men. We do need political figures that do stand up. So although we disagree with Dr. Umar. We can agree on one thing. He stands up. Right. Like, he stands up. You know what I'm saying? Some of the messages might be a little like him saying people shouldn't, black people shouldn't date white people. Whatever. He's standing up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Angela Rye. Are you familiar with Angela Rye? Yeah. She stands up. You know what I'm saying? And I think... um. Although all black people can't agree, because I sometimes I feel like the black experience is, you know, at times because of the way we were trained. It also I attribute this to like 50, 60 years of um of kind of being normalized as race, as a race. Mm-hmm. We have this monolithic way as of people. Yeah, as people. As, as people. people. It's crazy, right? It's crazy, right? Yeah. We have this monolithic way of, okay, a black person should just be like this or be like that. Or like, you know, there's a stereotype that we feel like we should always be. And that's why, like, I brought up Kanye and stuff like. They have like, you know, guys like him have pushed the boundaries that like. You don't have to be a black dude struggling. And rapping about the struggle, how you never, you know, that that became a thing mm-hmm. for the longest. Like, if you're a black lady, you're Shaniqua and you do this, or you talk white, that's the thing I hate the most. Mm-hmm. I don't even like, I know Avery, you know, shout out brother Avery. Avery had that a lot with him, and I hated that. Just because I talk smart or say words properly, I talk white. How do you see white people then? Because a lot of them sound stupid too. <laughs> no disrespect to them, but I'm just I'm just being real. Like, stop the whole when we talk English, we we sound white. You know what I'm saying? So these mm-hmm. are the things that um 
as a growing up, you know, things that I saw and I'm like, you know, I don't want people to feel like black people can only be one way. You know? Yeah. You know, that, that's just my little pet peeve. Because, I mean, like, it also, like, depends on where you grew up. Like, if you if you grew up around, I don't know, let's say, no, it's, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like, you know, you know who Aquafina is, right? Yeah. You know, like how she gets in trouble for the uh, for the black scent. Yeah, yeah. There is there are like several like Asian people online who also have a black scent, but it's authentic in the sense that they grew at, probably like grew up around like vast majority black people. Like Paul so, Wall. Say so what? Like Paul Wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. Not Asian, but white guy. But yeah. yeah. But um, and, and there, there's no reason to get upset with that person because that's just how they talk. Yeah, that's just how they are. So, if we can recognize that there, why do we get upset with people when we like recognize the opposite? Like, let's say a black person grew up around vast vast majority white people, and he didn't really have that many black friends growing up, and the only English he knew was like the English from his teachers. And friends, other than you know, like his parents at home, but we all know, like, or or their parents at home. Cause I was saying he, but I mean, like, this applies to everybody. So, um, it doesn't. I, I've never, I never truly understood like why people would uh, tease or mock somebody for the way they talk. Cause it, it, like, the way you talk truly is dependent on your environment. Yeah. Who do you like, see mo- most of the day? It's not your parents. It's probably your teachers. Exactly. And like for me, I lived in like Richmond. I lived in Britain. I lived in. I I can literally throw three different accents at people because of the environments I lived in. So like, your the way you talk, the way you move, is dependent on your environment and society or the people you're around. Hmm. Right. So, you know, we have, you know, we even see them within our friends. I'm not going to say their names, but like everyone's different. Everyone's different. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hardcore hip hop fan. Not everyone's a hardcore hip hop fan. I've, you know, I've come to know that. <laughs> you know, we have, I have a friend that's a hardcore wrestling fan. Not everybody's a hardcore wrestling fan. And a lot of people will look at him like, He's a hardcore wrestling fan. Is he really black? Come on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Hey, like, I'm a, I, I'm a, I, I like wrestling. I'm not that hardcore with it as I used to, but, you know, there was a time where, like, we were all into wrestling. And pe- everybody from a white kid to a black kid was watching it. So, like, we, you know, so, uh, and even with rock music or, like, any, uh, like, everybody, you know, had a different way they grew up. Not every, not every black person has to like. I like people that talk about struggles and making something out of nothing, but that's not everyone's story. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But the only people I don't really like are the Carltons. Yeah, those people I'm you know what I'm talking about. Carltons. There's a there's a there's a word for it, but I'm not gonna say that on here. <laughs> Those are the people I can't stand. 
But, you know, there's room for black conservatives, black liberals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, black people are not a monolith. Mm-hmm. Is what uh, Peter's getting at there. We're not. Totally different. And I think you've seen it on the show. Mm-hmm. Avery's a different cat. Gerard's a different cat. Shamar's a different... Shamar's a different cat. Chris is a Mike. different cat. <laughs> huh? I said Mike. Yeah, like we're all different cats. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we've had Jove, Dion, Day. You can see the difference He's in had all young of us. Shaq, what was that last week? Yeah, Young Shaq. Swab Milan. Swab, everybody's different. Like Swab Milan brought up Tank as mm-hmm. our, our R&B favorite. Not everybody. I, I see really it. didn't see that come. I truthfully did not. Oh, speaking of, t- well, this is kind of, well, it's Black History Month. We can talk about this. This is for Black people. Um, You know Young Blue? Young Blue. Sounds familiar. Uh-huh. R&B art is a newer is a newer generation like R&B rap, kind of like R&B, but he rap a little. Uh, I, I've okay. I feel like I might have heard him on uh, Apple Music once upon a time. Yeah, Young Blue. He's a newer artist. So, so he retweeted somebody saying he's the king of R&B. Mm-hmm. And then I think somebody screenshotted it and made a post. I think Shade Room or some one of those gossip sites, you know, posted it and Tank put in a comment. You know, wow, your generation has like I, I forgot what he said, but kind of like dismissed it. Mm-hmm. You know, but what do you think of these new guys calling themselves King early or like same as like uh, <laughs> anybody that does like anybody who's crowning themselves and not letting the people crown them is uh, phony. Not 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 real. So, so technically, well, technically he didn't crown himself. He retweeted it. Uh, well, still. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at him for retweeting it because I mean, like, that's that's just that's just showing fan love. Yeah. But in general, for anybody who's like, I'm the king, like, and and this goes for basically anybody. If you have to say that you're the king, you're probably not. Um. Because to me, to me. You don't have to recognize yourself as the king because you already like it's, it's it's just like a fact. Like, like I know Wayne was saying like he was like the number one, but before he was even saying he was the number one, people were always saying he was number one. Exactly. Exactly. Um that's how I feel about it. I feel like there's two things. Okay. When LL Cool J, well, that's not a good example. When T.I. said he was the king of the South, mm-hmm. people had like, because he was new, right? But you saw where T.I. went, right? So when these guys said they're like the king of R&B, it makes me wonder, because like Young Blue, although he's been successful, I mentioned his name, he didn't even really, we don't even remember him. I like, I know I've seen the name and I probably have listened to like maybe an EP, maybe. But that that that's probably about it. But you see how like if you're the king, right? Chris Brown, R. Kelly, Usher, like Tank ain't even a king. For real? No disrespect to Tank. <laughs> and he's telling you like come on, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey, like, like King is like. Number one songs, 
number one albums, not no little, not going platinum in the streaming era. Because he that's what his argument was. Oh, I've been platinum and gold. Not that. Like actual accolades. Like people like, if we say Young Blue, we know you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, when you talk King R&B, there's only like three names that you, three or four names. Yeah. Usher, Chris Brown. And honestly, in this day and age, it'd probably be like, at least for these, you know, like newer people, it'd probably be harder to find like some, like somebody that's like everybody's on, especially if they're not like getting radio plays, you know? Right, right, right now, I'm gonna be honest, you got, you, you brothers have to, you have to step your game up because the king of R&B right now is a female. Oh, sorry, I'm so stupid. The queen of like the, the top of R&B all females. I just sounded so stupid right there. I said the king of R&B. See, even me saying that should also should tell you that you guys gotta, gotta step it up. I'm saying the woman should be a king. Even though that did sound stupid. I mean, technically she can be if she wants to be. I don't, I don't want to uh, <laughs> restrict her to her uh, crown. Because like I could say Summer Walker, her, Jenny Aiko, uh, SZA. Those are bigger names. Like, there's some guys that I'm a fan, like Black and um, uh, Brent Fires, but like, they're not names like those, the four I just named. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I forgot. What's the other one that had the record pressure? Ari Lennox? Ari Lennox? Ari Lennox? Like, some four five big names like the females are kid. I ain't gonna hold you the woman, the woman, black woman. Y'all been killing R and B, bro. Right, they've been killing R and B. Mm-hmm. They have been ki- Jasmine Sullivan. Yeah, I was about to say Jasmine Sullivan. I forgot. She has another look. Look, I said four. I said like five names, and I can't think of a dude in our our era that's on their level. You know, shout out to the guy like Give on and the rest, but. Well, Anderson packs more like kind of soul, soul, and well, Bruno is he R and B? He's like R and B pop kind of. Okay, well, if we have to include Bruno, then he'd probably be number one. But you know, I think he's always in like the pop category, though. Yeah. So yeah young blue let's just put in put in more work so like because i don't want to say we don't know you but put in more work before you say you a king you know that like who would you say is the king of r&b like as males i don't know currently i don't know we have to see and you see that's the problem so if if you were to say you're gonna say an older artist right mm-hmm. we'll say chris brown or, or usher or r kelly oh, i was thinking usher yeah you say usher right mm-hmm I'd probably say Usher too. Usher came out in 94. What year were we born? Mm. Yeah, 94. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and even if you want to, okay, fine. Chris Brown, right? You can say Chris Brown. Chris Brown came out in 04. 05. No, no, 05. 05. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Around that's, that time, yeah, I get you. That's almost 20 years ago. Dang, that's been a brick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And 
not to say our age because uh, you know, but even I said that's almost 30 years ago. So you guys gotta step it up, man. And shout out to Tank though. He kind of know his place. He not he know he's not king. <laughs> but I mean that's another thing where like and again, know your history. Yeah. Know the people yeah. before you. And know what they did before they started calling themselves king. So I, that's one thing. That's one thing I want people to get out of this specific episode. Mm-hmm. No, your history. We have too many people. This was not meant to be a music episode where we have talked about a plethora of uh, music. As a, I mean, not, not to say it's not correlating to what we're talking to, but yeah, just vocalizing that. I, I think with everything, because we we've, we've mumbled about other things that I I'm stunned by. I can't even apart from music we talk about. Yeah, but I just want people to get out of this episode about know your history and know the people before you because that is important. It's like I've seen what I've seen as a guy now with the gen generation is it Z? What? What generations after millennium? Gen Z. I've seen that there's this thing where it's like they don't care about what the people did before them. There's this like it's our time and we don't care about what the people did before. And me, I'm not trying to be siding on. I hate the old old head, new head thing. Mm -hmm. But as as a person, as how I grew up, you looked at the people that were older than you and you studied them. So he didn't make their mistakes. You know, or so you learn from them. That's how I was raised. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I was raised that way. Respect your elders. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to agree with everything they do because they've made mistakes. But you learn from their mistakes and you grow. So you don't make the same ones. With my brothers, I've made mistakes. You know what I tell the younger ones, my little brothers and my nephew? Don't do this. Don't do that. I hopefully they'll listen so they don't, so they don't have to what, repeat the same thing. Mm-hmm. But that's what I want to get with the, you know, the newer generation. You know, because you keep seeing that, like, especially with black people, the same stuff. Same stuff with us. The same problems. Black on black crime. Same things. And it's like, you no, know, we went from selling drugs to being on drugs. Still killing people over nonsense, over some mm-hmm. what somebody said on a song, or not forget forget music. Somebody looking at you the wrong way, which I don't understand. Somebody look at you the wrong way, so you got to shoot them. That just sounds like you have some issues with yourself. <laughs> no, so these are the things as a black men and women in, in society we have to evolve because it's it's just not it's not I hate I hate it whenever I see somebody young die for nothing. When and then you look at it, you look at like 
and I don't want to keep making it with rappers and stuff. If you look at a guy like Pop Smoke, he died at age 22. That's like my little brother's age. Grown man, you look like a grown ass man though. But still, mm-hmm. <laughs> that that's like my brother's age. And then you look at Pac, you look at Big. He died at age 24, 25. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you look at these kids on drugs, DMX died of over, you know what I'm saying? So like, just as, and I'm not trying to just make it on music, just as black people, we have to figure out a lot of these issues and how not to escalate them. Mm -hmm. You know, because... When you look back at all these situations where prominent black men or just black men have died, a simple conversation could have saved lives. Yeah, you're right. A simple phone call or a simple text message or a simple, hey, let's meet and let's, let's squash whatever issue. Whether it be gang violence, a simple meeting to say, hey, let's stop. But you know, that's what it is. But um, I think I think that that'll be enough for our Black History. Yeah, <laughs> every day is Black History, so this this episode will be history. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's it for the uh, for the show today. But next week, expect um, we'll try to get a guest. Expect some of these segments to come back. Uh, we took like a month off of doing pop culture and all that. Yeah. So expect that. Expect that format to be back. Okay. Um. So, yeah, let's be ready for what we have coming in the coming weeks. Um, I will be bringing back Bozo of the Week. Um, and it. Well, you do already know who I'm going to give it to. If you followed what's been going on this whole Black History Month. Um, so don't be surprised at who I give it to, but we'll be back to our regular scheduled type of format. Um, so yeah, get ready. We still got things we're going to do for the rest of the year. So just be prepared for the content and the entertainment. So yeah, but, um, you can follow us. Um, well, First off, before you follow, our episodes will be on um, on everywhere um, on Apple most Music. Places, as, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, most, most places it'll be out. Most places on um, Monday midnight. Um, so make sure they listen to us on all those podcasts and platforms. Uh, we'll be on YouTube at three fifteen Monday Eastern Standard Time. And for our YouTube page, please like, comment, and subscribe. Please watch our videos through. And please give us some comments on what you think. You know what I'm saying? If you made it to this part, give me a comment. Please. Please please give us a comment or something. You know what I'm saying? Just just show just show some love. Share, follow, you know what I'm saying? On all any platform. Just give if you see us. Rate us and say something about us. If you see out of the burb, say something to rate it. 
But on social media, it's out of the bird. Please follow us there. Comment there. Like there. Give us some um, concrete critiques or whatever you think of the show. Um, we're out of the bird on IG. Out of the bird pod on Twitter. My personal is at Kofi Peter. Spell P-I-T-A. And Peter Kofi on Twitter. So, Chris, your handles. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Big Chris underscore five seven, I think. And <laughs> you can catch me on IG at Everybody Loves Chris. And also, guys, uh, if you could, uh, on the uh, I, I know that most of the people who listen to the show still listen to it on uh, Apple. So if you could do us a favor and Rate us five stars on there and leave a comment under there as well if you can. It would be greatly appreciated. And like I always say, stay black, stay woke. We love you. Black is black history every day. <laughs> Wakanda forever. <laughs> Bye.